0: Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we read Parasha Toldot, and it begins, and these are the progeny of Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, spoken of in the parasha. So in this parasha, we know that Rivka and Isaac, become parents, they have twin sons. One is Jacob, who is a righteous individual. And we see in the parasha that Asaph, his brother, his twin brother, is uh, very different from Jacob. And he's not a righteous individual. He's on the contrary. He's, um, he's a cruel murderer, cold blood murderer. He's uh, give me, give me, give me. He's not interested in doing mitzvot and learning Torah. And we see the difference between these two boys. So uh, we ask ourselves, how much control do we really have over our free choice in lab, life? Do we really have the And uh, do we really control the way we behave? The way we think and we speak? And some people seem to be innately good. You see people who are born and they're just good people. They, they're, they, they're kind, they're loving, they're giving, they, they're hard to become angry, uh, they're not jealous people, they're not uh, envious people. You see in their nature they're just kind, good kind of people. And then you see other people that they're born and they have different natures. They, they can be a jealous person, they can be a stingy person, they can be very selfish and we see so the question that really is pondering on our heads on this parasha specifically is we see two individuals that are born from two righteous people they grow up in, in this famous home where they saw angels around them where their grandfather Abraham nurtured them and nevertheless one of them is a good person a righteous person and the other one is um, is not a good person is not a righteous person so uh, we see here in this parasha that uh, these two brothers they really were fighting for the olam hazeh the world the physical world the world in which we're right now we have the olamaba and the olamase and the olamaba was destined for Yaakov, although he was born last in reality he was the one that was first uh, uh, first uh, made let's say because the last one that is born is the first one according to Rashi the first one that is made so he felt that he was really the firstborn when they were being born Asaph came in first and he when he came out he was holding his heel he was holding from him because he was trying to bring him in and he was the one that should have come later so we see that there's a struggle even before their birth in their birth and throughout their lives and the, and the two worlds the olama de the present world the physical world the material world and the olama ba which is the world to come this is what they were fighting for and so God tells Rebecca when they're in her womb she, she really doesn't know it's two babies she's going crazy because they, they don't stop uh, kicking when she goes uh, in front of the yeshiva of Shem and Ever one is kicking like crazy and when she goes uh, in front of the house of, of idol worship the other one is kicking like crazy and she's going crazy what's wrong with this baby? And she goes to see Shem, and she asks him what's going on here, and he tells her, through, um, through prophecy, there are two nations in your womb, two people will separate from your innards. When the children mature, Esau develops as a cunning trapper, eventually... One becomes a cunning trapper and a man of the field, while the other one will grow up, Jacob, to be a wholesome man. And he says to her, this is two kings ruling over one nation, and one one is uh, ruling, the other one will be subservient to the other. When the other one's ruling, the other one will be subservient to the other, but the two of them cannot rule at the same time. And so Jacob's descendants become the nation of Israel, as we know, the chosen people of God. And Esau becomes the father of Edom, which in, it's really Rome. It's uh, Rome, and its culture of bloodshed and cruelty and everything that comes from there, it represents Esau. So Esau is frequently referred to as the wicked, while Jacob's righteousness is extolled. But did they have a choice? Like, the question is, if one was born so good, like, it's normal he's gonna be good. The other one had all these natural evil tendencies, how could of him become good? So here, we see that there's uh, uh, several puzzling aspects of this, of this parasha. Uh, the question is, where, where do Aesop's evil genes come from? Like, we understand that Abraham had a good son and a bad son because one son came from Hagar, who was an Egyptian princess, and her, she was an evil person. And later on, she did Teshuvah, and she became a righteous woman, and her name even changed to Keturah, but in her makeup, she came from a bad place. Eh, eh, Isaac on the other hand came from two righteous individuals who were Sarah and, and Abraham and here we see also that eh, Esav and Yaakov come eh, from two righteous individuals it. it, it it, Rivka was at and, and Itzhak was at so this is not a, Abraham's problem like what happened with Abraham this is a different situation we see here that there were two saintly parents nevertheless they produce one good son and one bad son so the question would be here why did he gravitate to evil what made him become evil if in his genetics he came from two righteous individuals. So there it says, indeed, in the Midrash, it states clearly that Esav, too, started out on the right path. So when he was a little boy, he was also a good boy. He was a good boy, he learned Torah, he knew the Torah, and he did mitzvot, and he was a righteous son. it says that it was only when he grew up that he changed his ways the Zohar goes even further into interpreting this verse and it says the children mature to mean that under the tutelage of their grandfather Abraham the two attained spiritual greatness but once Abraham passed away eh, this, eh, this is what happened so why were they fighting over an inheritance of the two worlds. What was the problem here? What, why, why were they fighting for this? And uh, it says that Esav wanted the material and the physical world, obviously, because he had tremendous pleasure from this world. He wanted to give me, give me, give me everything I can get, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Well, the reverse is true of Jacob. Uh, he only wanted the godly and the spiritual world. So in, um, in this parasha, before Isaac gives the braha, the blessing to Itzhak, to Yaakov, that he dresses up as Asaf and he makes him believe he's Asaf, because Isaac was blind, he couldn't see, he asked him to bring delicacies to him. And there's a very interesting uh, understanding of what these delicacies mean in a more mystical sense. It says that in the in, in his faint eight chapters of introduction to his commentary of the Talmud ethics of the fathers which is uh, the Mishnah it's the Pirkei Avot Maimonides the Rambam describes two types of personalities there's the perfect pious person individual and the one who conquers his inclination so we have these two types of people we have a person that is naturally good He's a tzaddik, he has no evil inside of him, he only wants to do good good things and godly things and be connected to Hashem. And then you have a person that uh, has some evil inside of him but he, nevertheless he's always fighting this evil he's always conquering it he's always going against it and in behavior the two these two individuals with the, the tanya would describe as a Sadik and a benoni benoni is the intermediate person is that his whole life he's he's he's, he's in this constant battle but nevertheless his behavior it uh, has no tarnish, it's perfect. You wouldn't even be- believe that this person is at tzaddik. But that person knows inside of him that he has to always be fighting against his evil uh, natural tendencies. And this person is called a conqueror. He's always conquering. Uh, uh, He struggles and uh, he goes against the environment and he goes against his makeup. And if he was born with certain evil tendencies, he will fight them to death. And he will always try to behave in the right, righteous way. So... The philosophers say that a perfectly pious person, a tzaddik, who desires only good is greater than a person who is drawn to immoral deeds yet conquers his desires. But when we examine the words of the sages of the Talmud on this matter, we find that one who craves, craves sinful things yet resists them, is more worthy and more fulfilled than one who does not desire them. So it's like they say, where a a Beinoni, where a Balshuva stands, not even a Tzaddik can stand, because the whole for Hashem, there's no bigger pleasure than that person fighting against his nature and doing what Hashem wants him to do. When that person is fulfilling Hashem's will, never, regardless of how he feels inside. And the sages went so far to say that the greater a person is, the greater his evil inclination. And, you know, when a person becomes a Baal Shuba, when a person starts connecting more to God and, and doing more Torah, more mitzvahs, living a more godly life, the more you grow spiritually, the more your Yetzir Hara grows too. Like this is incredible. It's not that you become bigger and better and then you have you, your bad inclination uh, becomes small. It grows with it. So your challenges are not going to be the same challenges. They're going to be much harder challenges. Your challenge is not going to be do I eat a non-kosher hamburger or, or, or not. That's not going to be your challenge. Your challenge becomes a different challenge. So... In this way, Rabbi Shneur Salman of Liadi, the author of the Tanya, explains the deeper significance of the verse. Prepare for me the delicacies such as I love, as uh, uh, Isaac asked Jacob, uh, thinking that he was Asaph. The Almighty speaking to the community of Israel, telling them that there are two kinds of gratification, uh, delicacies in the plural which we seek from them the analogy is to earthly food in which there exist two kinds of savory dishes sweet and luscious foods and tart and sour foods so when you read the torah at a certain level yes it sounds like he's hungry and he wants to eat but in reality in a mystical more deeper level what what Isaac was telling Jacob which he thought was asaf was bring me these delicacies and we know that there's there's these delicacies that are sweet and um and there it's a delicacy and then you have this sour other type of food and more tangy that is also a delicacy which is one is um that the sweet the sweet and luscious food is in a higher level than the other one so there are spices so the, the delicacies that gratify the palate similarly there are two kinds of gratifications before God the first is generated by the good achieved by the perfectly righteous so this perfectly righteous person the tzaddik Moshe Rabbeinu for example this type of service to God is like the first delicacy which is sweet it's luscious and sweet the conquest of evil, which is still as stronger as most powerful in the heart, through the efforts of the ordinary, imperfect individual, would be considered the second type of uh, delicacy, which is the which is the one that it's uh, uh, tart and sour. So the difference between the perfectly pious person and the conqueror, which is we're trying to conquer sometimes we fall into the into the category of rasha of evil because we fall into doing things that go against Hashem's will but when we conquer we are considered as benoni the conquerors the difference between these two people is that no matter of external behavior both of them in the in the in, in the outside look just the same where they differ is in their character and in the focus of their life. So what is different is their nature, how they're made up, how they come, programmed, wired since birth, and what their intention in life is. What is their, their purpose here? And so the perfectly pious uh, person, the sadik, who is born with a, with, with a flawless character or he has worked very much to uh, conquer everything and become this pious person, he has been able to perfect himself, he, he now concentrates, concentrates on attaining greater heights within the realm of good itself, itself. So his purpose in life is to always be better and better and better and better. So he starts good already. But his, his growth is to be better than the good. And then he gets here and then he has to be better than that good. And grow and grow and grow from there. The conqueror, on the other hand, is still struggling with his nature. And maybe he's going to struggle with his nature his whole life. King David struggled with his nature his whole life and uh, constantly defeating his negative inclination in order to maintain the integrity of his behavior. To him, the struggle is an end in itself. Even if he never rids himself of his imperfection, he has realized his mission in life, which is uh, that contribution of the second delicacy, which is to conquer his nature, to be master of his actions. Not let the world run his life; he runs the world. So, the, so we see in light of this, <clears throat> and we can better understand the Esav-Yacob uh, uh, phenomenon. We all we all have been granted absolute freedom of choice. We all have the hira. We can all choose to be good, or we can choose to be g- a bad. It's more, uh, Rabbi Yaakov Hillel, he he explains that real, true free will is to want. The way you want to go, that's your free will. If you wanna go to the good side, then that's a choice. If you wanna go to the not good side, then that's the other choice. So no matter how strongly the, the deck may seem to be stacked against us, no matter how our makeup is, And this is, for me, it's such a revolutionary idea for everybody, that even though we have to fight against these evil urges that we have inside of us, our evil nature, yetzer hara, animal soul, however you wanna call it, we all have it inside, it's part of, 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 of everybody. Some people have more, some people have less. But nevertheless, we all have different things that we, demons that we fight inside of ourselves. So what it's saying here is that it doesn't matter how wired you come to this world, it doesn't matter how you came. Really, if you're a a stingy person, you're an angry person, you're a jealous person, you're an envious person, whatever, eh, you're selfish, whatever your makeup is, that is not your fault. You came like that, that's the way your program runs. But what is important is how you behave, is how you project yourself in the world. It's not so much your makeup, it's your your projection, your behavior. So we see here that Maimonides quotes the, the Talmud, one who is greater than his fellow, his evil inclination is also greater. For every challenge that we must face, we have what it takes to meet and overcome it. So we see people that really have risen up, risen up to, to to greatness. I mean greatness of the soul, greatness of spirit. People who are beyond uh, whatever you've seen. These people really have to fight a lot of, of, of things inside of them. And the, the fact that Esau had a powerful inward inclination towards evil did not mean that he was doomed to a life of wickedness. And this is why his father... Isaac wanted to bless him. This is why he wanted to give him the blessing. It's not that he didn't know that the son was wicked and he was doing all these things. Isaac was not dumb. He knew. He was a prophet of his time. But he also knew and he also understood that this boy had had greatness inside of him. He had a humongous potential. He came from a higher his soul came from a higher place than Yaakov's soul came from and that's the problem the higher you come from the lower lower you can fall and that's why he fell so low but he understood that the way that he was so low if he wanted to be a, a, a righteous person he could rise much higher than his brother uh, Yaakov and that's why he wanted to give him the blessing so it meant that his challenge in life was to be cunning trapper, a man of the field. This was his challenge. This is how it came, it wired. He loved to kill. He loved to trap. He loved to do all these things. And, uh, and uh, he was a conqueror who grapples with the negative in himself and the world, outriding his base drives and exploiting his affinity for the material towards godly ends. It meant that unlike the natural perfect Jacob, who is this perfect Sadic, this person that is born with no evil incl- inclination, Esau possessed the potential for the second delicacy, which is that uh, sour and tart feeling, and equally vital to God's purpose in creation. So Esau, as a progenitor of the people of Israel, incorporated within himself the potential for both the perfectly pious and the conqueror modes of life. His own life was one of pious perfection, Itzhak. uh, But his twin sons embodied the two aspects of man's service to the Creator. Esau had free choice, as does every person in the world, has free choice. We are all born the way we're born. That's not our fault, but at the end of the day, the choice is ours. This is the only thing we choose. We don't choose if we're going to be beautiful or ugly, rich or poor, sick or healthy we don't choose these things this is out of our leagues but what we can choose is to be righteous and not be evil this is our choice and before a baby is born he is a an angel comes and makes him make this oath to say that he will choose to be righteous and not be evil because this is our choice so Asaf had free choice as does every person in the world and then um, And even the perfectly pious individual can regress or fail to fulfill his or his own potential. So even a person that is born righteous can also fall. So a choice which he failed to exercise properly. But this happened later in life. So he was not born evil. He was born with a capacity to be a righteous person. It was inside of this world that he attained these, these desires. And his nature as it was wired was able to take these desires and make him the person he was made to be. The fact that while yet in the womb he was strongly drawn to the enticements of paganism did not prevent him from growing spiritually together with his brother Jacob. The children matured, each in his own ordained field and endeavor. Jacob in the terms of learning and in the challenges of the material world. So this, this clarifies this very puzzling passage of Rashi's commentary on the Torah on the op- opening verse of the parasha. And these are the progeny of Isaac. Rashi comments, Jacob and Esau, who are mentioned in the parasha. But immediately following this verse, after the brief mention of Isaac's marriage, the Torah recounts the birth of these two brothers. And what Rashi is adding to our understanding of these two verses is that in the most basic level, he's explaining the meaning of the word toldot, which means progeny or chronicles, descendants, which can be understood in the sense of children and descendants, like you can see it, like these are descendants of of Isaac, but it can also be understood under deeds and life events because our mitzvot, our deeds, the the things that we do in life are our children, really, they become our children. So here Rashi is saying toldot is to be understood in the former sense as referring to Isaac's two children, Jacob and Esav. On a deeper level, Rashi explains, addresses, how does an Esav come to be a descendant of Isaac and Rebekah? How do two perfectly righteous persons come to have a son like him? So Rashi says, Esav the wicked is not a product of Isaac." he was not a product of his father and his mother but a creature of his own making he himself made himself evil he's the only only responsible person for that you know in life you can look back You can say I came from a hard home I came from a hard neighborhood I had all these bad influences in my life and this is what made me you know uh, nurture versus nature nature versus nurture you can always pinpoint your finger at everything that you have behind you your parents your grandparents the war this that the education I have yes you can pinpoint your finger to anything under the sun but in reality what this parasha is teaching us is that we're responsible to be the best that we have to be that's in our hands nobody else's hands a person knows deep inside what's right and what's wrong we know we we learn the Torah we learn we know the Ten Commandments we know what Hashem is expecting from us but innately we know that to go and kill another human being is completely wrong or to go and steal from someone else is completely wrong so, so we see here that the, this parasha, Esav, is viewed from the perspective of the Torah, where everything is seen in the innermost and truest light, is not evil, but the instrument of evil conquest. The Esav of the parasha is the purvoyer of the second delicacy and an indispensable element of the purpose of life on earth. So Hashem creates a world where there's good, where there's bad, He creates all that, it comes from him. One, the good comes from his face and the bad comes from his back. He doesn't want to create it. He doesn't want to create an evil world. He doesn't want to create things that are not good for us. But he has to create them in order so we can have a choice, so we can have free will. And it's up to us. It's up to, to us to be conquerors and be conquering our, our nature and conquering ourselves and being masters of our, of our behavior or just give in to your natural... Nature, animalistic tendencies, and just live like an animal. That's that's the whole purpose. So now we can also understand the twist prenatal contest over the inheritance of the two worlds. Olam the perfect future world of Mashiach. This is the world that was uh, given to Jacob since birth. He was the one that was uh, in charge of this world, but he understood that the material world was really. The, the means to the end so in order for us to be able to get to the Olam we need to get through the Olamaze. it has to be through this world so he understood that it was through our living in this world, conquering our, our, our inner, inner nature behaving in a holy matter, bringing Hashem, re- revealing Hashem in this world through our actions was what is going to bring Messiah and he understood very well that his brother didn't want to do this he didn't want to go to the Olama Ba He didn't want to be in a spiritual world. He just wanted to have fun and pleasure from this world. So... My friends, remember, we have this duality inside of us. We all have a a Yaakov and an Esav within us. We have a perfect, pious part of us, which is our godliness Shama, only wants to do good. We also have an Esav inside us, which is a conqueror. It's this person that is conquering and struggling, and that's the whole purpose of our being in this world. So I wish you a blessed week, and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.